Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church, North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Let's pray for all of our speakers that are getting ready to preach right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for the work that you are doing here at Lighthouse Church. We thank you, God, for all the incredible men and women that you are raising up. God, I am in awe of the people that are being activated or reactivated into ministry, men and women that grew up in this, walked away, came back, never thought they'd have this opportunity But here you are taking and using them and you are giving them a voice and putting your spirit on the inside of them to do great and amazing things. They are standing on this pulpit, God, as really from a posture of overflow of all the things that you are already doing in their life and how they are impacting this city. So we pray right now that you use them, speak through them. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Let's give it up for George. Amen. God is good. Amen. Not used to seeing a packed crowd. Usually the morning services are a little bit light, but it's good. It's good to see each and every one of you. Uh, First of all, I just want to thank God for my salvation and uh, everything he's done and and what he's also doing through my life. And uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here before you. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be doing God with you guys. And uh, just bear with us. Pray for us. I know some of us are a little extra nervous, but... But we're family, amen? And um, I just want to just give a quick testimony, a little story. Uh, I remember last year, um, I came here to Lighthouse. I I had no expectation. I came lost. Uh, I came hurting. I came struggling with addiction. I struggled with many, many different things, and I was at a a low point in my life. I, I can say for sure I hit rock bottom and I thank God that I was at that moment in my life where I hit rock bottom because when I hit rock bottom the only place I was able to look was look up and and God was there God was there and I'm so thankful for the church because when I came I was overloved I think a little too loved I wasn't I wasn't ready for that because I came in hurting and I just needed to hear something positive come on somebody I just I needed to hear some just uh, just some a word of encouragement, but God had other plans. He, he said, I'm not going to encourage you, but I'm going to empower you. And I was like, oh, man, my God. And I remember I, I, I had the opportunity uh, to sit down with uh, my, one of our pastors, Pastor Joe, and it all started over a cup of coffee. That's how we work right here at Lighthouse. Come on, over a cold brew. And it started over a cup of coffee, and that conversation was more me pouring out my problems, my situation over Pastor, throwing all at Pastor Joe. And I feel bad for him because he was just taking the punches, but he took it and he gave me some good advice. And one thing that I, I, I understand and I, I took from that conversation was he told me, if you be real with God, God will be real with you. And I took that and I still run with that. And, and it hasn't been easy. The fight hasn't been easy, but I can say today that it was worth it. I can say it was worth it because I can say I can say for myself that I realized that, you know what, coming into church, how messed up I was, how hurting I was, how lost I was, that God can't bless a mess. I said, oh, man. 
and I was a mess. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you guys had it all together coming into church, but I realized for myself that, that God cannot bless a mess. How is he going to bless me with my circumstances? How is he going to bless me struggling with drug addiction? How is he going to bless me knowing that I have all these issues? Does anybody else have issues besides myself? Come on, you better shout it, man. Don't let me go out like this this morning. So I have a quick scripture, and I'm going to dive right into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And if you guys don't take notes, I encourage you to start taking notes. Amen? And the word of God says this, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And for me, I was like, well, I, I need God's blessing right now. Like, right now, right now. I can't wait. But being discipled, being worked with, one thing that has worked for me is that at first I came just to be inspired. That's what my expectation, I just need to be inspired So and, and just try to do good. Just try to do good. As long as I get off of drugs, as long as I, I stay clean, and if I try to stay focused, I'll be all right. And I came week to week expecting God just to inspire me and then God started to empower me in different areas of my life and God started to work in me he started to uh, tap into areas of my life where it hurt I don't know if you ever had growth pains but they hurt man I know some of us have had a toothache and those hurt too but there's nothing like having growth pains and God said God God told me he said George if I'm gonna work through you, you have to give up everything. You got to let me take the wheel. You got to let me guide you. I said, oh, I don't know, God, because I'm a knucklehead. I'm a hard-headed guy. Like, I, I don't like people to tell me what to do, but God will, well, I have nothing without you, so I need to give you my all. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So where I realized that really worked for me is that in order to really be blessed, in the scripture it says, I want to bless you abundantly. And what does abundantly mean? It means extremely. God wants to bless us extremely, but we got to understand that we cannot come week to week to week coming just to be inspired, but asking God, God, I need you to empower me. That's going to bring real change. You want to see where, where, where there is blessing, you can find that in obedience. Where there is blessing, you can find that in obedience. I can stand here and tell you stories upon stories. I could write a book about being disobedient, but I could tell you how faithful God is when you're obedient. I, I never thought I was going to be up here preaching. I never thought I was going to come up here and, and try to encourage you. I never thought I was going to be here. You know, I even got to watch now. God's doing something. God's, God, God's working. But it's not, it's not what's, how you look on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And it's very important that we, that we understand that and we grasp that and understand, you know what? In order to be blessed, I need to be obedient and be obedient to his word. And God, it says clearly right there, I'm going to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times having that, all you need, you will abound in every good work. The way that God has blessed me extremely, and I thought, I'm just going to fight for myself. I came in, just me and my daughter, and God started doing the work. And I could say today, God is bringing my family. I came in alone. I came in with no expectation. But God had bigger plans. He had a bigger purpose. They're here. They just recently went through Grow Track. God is doing a work. 
God is able. I'm telling you, God is able. I stand here. I was once lost. I was once bound. I don't deserve this. I'm unqualified. If you're thinking, you might be thinking, that guy's not qualified to be up there. And you're right. I don't know what Pastor Josh was thinking. Somebody talked to him. But I, I end with this. You don't need to be qualified when you're chosen. You don't need to be qualified when God has called you. And God has called each and every one of you. And I wanted to, I'll leave you with this. I promise I'm done. I'll, I'll finish with this. I know for a fact some of us have some family that are not saved. And there's a bunch of empty seats for a reason. We have maybe some children. Some of you might have some children are not here today. Maybe they have left. But you keep fighting. You keep believing and you trust in God with all your heart. And God's going to blow your mind and he's going to bring them. He's going to bring them. He's going to save them. But it starts with us, church. How bad do we want that blessing? How bad do we want to see our family get saved? I'm blessed, man. I get to see my family here. I'm blessed to know that they just went through a growth track. I'm blessed to know that my daughter's being taught in Alkids. She's right here because she said, Daddy, I want to hear you preach. I was like, amen, man, no pressure. But I just want to thank you for this time, and I just want to I hope that this encouraged some of you guys to keep on going on and keep pushing and know that, that God's not done and your blessing is right around the corner. Amen. God bless you guys. Good morning, Lighthouse. <laughs> um, how are you all doing today? Um, George is the standard, like, up here. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to say now? <laughs> but um, it's such an honor and a blessing to be here, and I'm right there with you, George. I was thinking the same thing. I'm unqualified, and the, thinker, the people are probably going to be thinking, what is she doing up there, you know? And, um, but you know what? Um, I don't do it alone. I have the almighty, powerful God with me. And... Um, Today I want to read you a scripture, and I, I'm actually not going to read it. I'm just going to paraphrase it because it's really long. And um, it's on Luke, you'll find. But before I do that, tell your neighbor, use your superpower. And with power, tell him, use your superpower. And if you want to um, read this story completely, um, go to Luke 4 and, and on. And uh, Jesus is talking about... The scripture says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, he was there for 40 days and he was tempted. And today I want to focus on that. I want to focus on the Holy Spirit. I want to focus in the wilderness and I want to focus in temptation. How many of us have we been tempted? Yeah. Right? And not only tempted, but in the wilderness. And at least I know I have. I know that I have been in need of, of a superpower when I've been in the wilderness. A superpower because, you know, because I can make decisions. Like Pastor said earlier, I can't make decisions on my own. I turn around for friends and they don't know the answer. I turn around even to my husband and he doesn't know the answer. And I know that I need to go to a superpower and tell your neighbor your superpower is the Holy Spirit and you can dwell in it and he's your helper 
and he's your guidance. And um, I want to tell you also a little bit of my story. Well, some of my story. Um, when I was pregnant with my twins, um, I was pregnant and, uh, you know, I've always had really good pregnancies. But when I was pregnant with my twins, um, I go to the doctor. First of all, I thought I was only having one baby. And then, surprise, I was having two babies. So I needed some Holy Spirit, you know, um, power right there. And then when I told my husband, oh, my God, he lost his vision <laughs> of stress. And I'm not joking. I'm being 100% serious. My husband, the doctor told my husband, you're overstressing, so you need to calm down because if not, you're going to be um, like this for a while. But... I was um, just going through a lot, and I was, uh, I, they told me my twins, um, there was something wrong with my twins. Um, one of them had a heart problem, and the other one had um, possibly Down syndrome. And um, I didn't know what to do. I was lost. I was, I felt I was in the wilderness, and I was tempted with a decision. The doctor told me, and encourage, and I even feel she pushed me and said, you need to make a decision because you already have four children, and I think it would be a very unwise for you if you go through with this pregnancy. Wow. And I was lost. I was like, what do I do, God? You know, I was recently um, promoted for my job, and um, I love my job, and I was like, what am I going to do now? I'm pregnant with twins. They possibly have a disability. But oh my God, the almighty God. You know, I was in the wilderness and tempted. And I believed that God could do a miracle in my life and in my children. And I literally went into intimacy with God. And I asked him to do something. And God said, dwell in my Holy Spirit and I am going to birth a miracle out of you and he did he did I was again pushed push and push and push and push um, by my doctor and I told her I believe in an almighty God and I believe that he will do a miracle in my children and she said she basically you know dismissed me and you know, cancel me <laughs> and said, well, you know, that's your decision. Your, you know, your kids are going to be suffering the consequences. But God, he always comes through. I decided to have my kids. And they're a testimony because my Micah does not have Down syndrome. And my Misha is a perfectly healthy child. And I just want to tell you today to abide within God's Holy Spirit because God's Holy Spirit speaks truth. The devil is the father of all lies and he will lie to you even with the people around you with what this world has to say about our decisions. And I just tell you today to abide and dwell within the Holy Spirit because he does miracles and he will change your life. And just to finish, I want to also read you Luke 16, 13. And it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. 
So when we abide within the Holy Spirit and we dwell in it, he will speak truth to us, you know? And even if the even if the world is telling us, oh, no, you have to do this or you have to do that or whatever the world may be telling you, the Holy Spirit will tell you truth. He will speak truth to you. And um, it also says he will speak only what he hears. Hears by who? By God. And he will tell you what is to come. So he will not only speak truth to you, but he will always also give you revelation, you know. And um, I just want to tell you tonight, today, this morning, I'm sorry, use your superpower, you know, and um, have intimacy with God and dwell in his presence. God bless you. There was going to be something to cover my <laughs> my trembling. Uh, good morning, everybody. For those of, the, uh, of you that don't know me, my name is Baco. And I want to say before I get into it, thank you, Pastor Josh, and your family, just for believing in us and the time you spend. You know, uh, Pastor Josh is here with his wife, and his kids are playing downstairs. You know, but, I mean, it's time away, and it's time of something else that he could be doing. But um, just thank you for that. I'm grateful. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to, um, well, I guess take notes because there's not that much time, right? But if, for those of you that are taking notes, I'm going to be speaking on the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we're, I'm going to be reading from John 14. And John 14 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. So at the time that Jesus was saying these words, he had gone into Jerusalem for his last Passover. So he knew that his time was coming, and, and, and he was talking to his disciples. And what happens when you receive news that you might not be here long? What, what would happen if you would get some horrible news that your time is coming and you don't have that, many, that much time to live? You probably want to talk about the important stuff. You don't have time to waste. You don't have time. I mean, you want to gather your loved ones and just share what you believe is important. And this is something that Jesus was sharing with his disciples. And so um, in John 16, it says, But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. That's crazy, right? It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send them to you. And then listen to this. He said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. 
and he will tell you what is yet to come. What does all that mean? Why was it good that Jesus would leave? I'm sure to them it was tough to understand that. Like, wait, Jesus is with us, the Messiah is with us. I mean, he's doing miracles and he's doing all these things. Why is it better that you leave? And what do you mean that you have this information to give us, but we cannot bear it now only after you leave and this spirit comes to us? Like, what does that mean? Have you ever had those type of questions, right? Like, what does the Bible mean when Jesus said these things? Well, let me ask you a couple of more questions. Why is it that sometimes we will hear the word of God and it sometimes doesn't change us? We hear a sermon about patience, but we're still impatient. Why is it that we hear a sermon about love, but still struggle to love our neighbor, or those that look different than us, or those that voted different than us? Why is it that we hear a message about our identity being in God, and that we don't have to do anything to be loved because we are loved by God, not by what we do? And that there's nothing to prove, and yet we still want to show or prove ourselves to others or even flash our accomplishment. We might say things like, oh, you know, pastor preached on faith today, but I've heard that before. It was nice. You know, P. Josh, he preached on generosity, but, but I've heard that before. It was nothing new. Why is it that the word is coming out, but we are not being changed? What may be happening is that the truth that is coming out is not yet a spiritual reality in our lives. We have not allowed the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to take us into that truth. And sometimes we have all this information. Yes, we've heard that message. Yes, we've heard that topic. But we don't do anything with it. We are hearers, but not doers. And we'll go from conference to conference, and from sermon to sermon, and from preacher to preacher, but our life doesn't change. Why? Why is it that Jesus says, it's better that I leave? There are things that I, I, I could tell you now, but you cannot bear until the Holy Spirit guides you to all truth. And now also, have, has, has it ever happened to you that you're reading something and you're like, I read this before, but today it's just wrecking me. Just today there's a different air or something, but oh my God, like I'm just eating this up. It's, it's changing my heart the holy spirit is guiding you to truth the holy spirit is revealing something new the spirit of truth an advocate to be with you forever to believe that you're being sanctified that you're being changed as you walk your life to trust that this spirit of god in you is changing you just like a child will look more like his daddy, so we, we in our walk will begin to look more like our father. Sometimes we say, well, if I would have been there in, when Jesus was walking, well, he's saying to you, it's better that I leave. It's going to be better later. It's better for you. So today I'll leave you with this. I pray that you will ask the Holy Spirit to take you by the hand. And to lead you into those areas of your life. Some that you know that you are evading. That you don't want to go there. And there might be some areas that you don't know about. But that the Holy Spirit will show you, hey, we need to deal with this. Hey, you need healing here. 
hey, you need breakthrough. You need restoration in this area, this relationship. Will you allow the spirit to take you there? It takes, it takes I mean, it takes vulnerability, right? And I'm over my time. So in Jesus' name, we pray that um, God will guide us. Amen. God bless everyone. I'm not going to look at anybody. <laughs> so we were given the topic of Holy Spirit, and um, when Pastor gave us that topic, I was like, well, that's easy, right? Um, I, some of us joke, too. You know, we started doing the, the meme, the TikTok dance, Holy Spirit, activate. Remember that? Yeah. Because that's what we do sometimes. We just use the Holy Spirit as a 911 you know, and I'm going to read out of Ephesians 1.5. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And I've titled this message, Identity Crisis. You know, Pastor gave us the topic, Holy Spirit, and we were talking in class, and I was Googling, researching, and what is the Holy Spirit? I want to know what the Holy Spirit is. And every time I would Google or look in my commentaries, go into Logos app, it would take me back to God and to Jesus. Going, no, I want to know what the Holy Spirit is, just who the Holy Spirit is, right? What identifies him. And I remember after pumping gas, I was driving, and I'm like, what are you, Holy Spirit? Like, and it was like a ton of bricks just kind of fell on me and let me know, what am I? I am not a what, I am a who. The Bible says that Jesus, God, and Holy Spirit are one, which means that Holy Spirit is not some far off entity that we call in emergencies. He's right here. He's as real as you and me. And we need to identify who he is before we can ever find any sort of identity within us. We have to identify who the Holy Spirit is. Why? Because we have an adversary. We have someone that doesn't want to know who you are, and he doesn't want you to know who you are. You have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. To have a relationship with the Holy Spirit... You have to identify him, right? So he's been here since the beginning of creation. In Genesis 1, 1, 2, it says that he was dwelling among the waters. He's been here since the beginning. He is the living God here with us, and he wants us. He desires us. He doesn't need you. Let's get that right. He doesn't need me. What does he need from me? He wants me, which I think is a million times better. You know, he wants me. Holy Spirit is Yahweh. I'm going to give you the identity factors of the Holy Spirit. He is Yahweh. He is the I am. I am who I am. He is Elohim, creator, mighty, and strong. He is El Shaddai, the almighty Adonai Lord. Jireh, the Lord will provide. Rapha, the Lord who heals. Nisi, the Lord our banner. Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. 
El Elyon Most High. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Alpha Omega, the living God, the spirit of truth, the comforter, our helper, Abba Father, grace. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. You bored yet? Because I can keep going. These are all identity factors of the Holy Spirit. And you need to be able to identify who he is to find who you are through him. What does the Holy Spirit say about you? You know, the Holy Spirit calls you saved. I am saved. I am complete. I am chosen. I am forgiven. I am a new creation. I am a child of God. I am redeemed. I am light. I am salt. I am justified. I am free from sin. You are more than a conqueror. You are God's temple, one with Christ. Victorious, no longer a slave. And why is this important? Because like I said, the enemy is real, and he's out here to kill and destroy. He wants you. So what happens when these voices come? And you know, I had a different story to share with you guys, but I'm going to be super vulnerable right now. This morning, last night, there was a situation that happened, and I haven't slept because of the situation. And I, I, I called pastor, and I was like, you know what? I just, this is happening. I don't know if I can go through with this. He said, make your choice. But you know what? I decided to trust in who the Holy Spirit is because he is my provider. He is my safety. He knows my situation, and he knows the outcome. So when the enemy says, you know what? How dare you go up there and preach? What do you have to say to these people? Look at your marriage. Look at your family. Look at your finances. Look at your daughter. Look at your children. When you know who you are in the Holy Spirit, you can be like, you know what, enemy? Get behind me. Because the Lord has said that me and my house will serve the Lord. When the enemy comes and says, look at your anxiety. Look at your depression. You could be like, you know what? I am healed and I am saved. There's so much more that I want to share, but I want to get to my, my third point, which is after we have all that, after we identify Holy Spirit, and after we identify who we are through the Holy Spirit, how does it become active? You need to activate the Holy Spirit in you. And how do you do that? You can't do that alone in your house, hiding out. The attributes of the Holy Spirit have to be present in your life. The attributes are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And while speaking in tongues and doing miracles and prophesying over, that's wonderful. And that is part of what the Holy Spirit is. None of that matters if you don't do it out of this place of love. We come and someone gets healed from cancer then what what happens then you need to find a community we need to become vulnerable to each other we need to be vulnerable to the holy spirit we need to be accountable to one another can i tell you the situation i went through this morning I would not have made it here had i not had a people surrounding me that started praying for me 
and interceding on my behalf because sometimes you can't. You're just too weak and you know who you are in the Holy Spirit. You know who the Holy Spirit is, but we are still human. And the primary example of vulnerability was Jesus. When Jesus went to Gethsemane, he told, he told three of his disciples, he said, I don't want to die. I'm, I am so troubled with this. I don't want to do this. And then he went up and told Abba, he said, I don't want to do this. He became vulnerable with God. And can I encourage you to find a people so that you're not doing life by yourself. And if you don't have anybody, I encourage you to go back to the welcome tent and we can hook you up with people that will pray for you, that will intercede with you, that will not leave you alone, that will activate, help you activate those fruits. If we're gonna be a change in the world, it has to start here within us. None of these clicks, none of this lack of love, none of this, well, you don't do it how I do. No. We need to be united. We are the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit. God bless you guys, and thank you, Pastor Josh, for this time. Is this on? Can you hear me? Good morning, church. My name is Alexa Lowry. I am extremely honored and excited to be here with you all this morning. Um, I'd first like to take a moment and honor the pastors of the house, Pastor Josh and Joanna. They are amazing. Give it up for them. I am so thankful to call you guys my pastors. I have so much love for you guys, and I'm just so thankful to call Lighthouse Church my home. So <laughs> for the sake of time, I do want to jump right into the scripture that we're going to be reading today. So if you have your Bibles or if you are on your Bible reading app on your phone, go ahead and turn to John 14. We're going to be reading verses 15 through 17. And they read, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I had a lot of fun studying this scripture, and it was a really powerful reminder for me in my own life of the power of the Holy Spirit and how he's able to operate. Um, and I want to give you the context of this scripture really quick, um, but if you are taking notes, the title of my message, message is, Holy Spirit, I need help, okay? So, so Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> Um, so I want to give you the context to break it down a little bit. So the context of this scripture is basically Jesus is getting ready for his departure. And the disciples just found out that he's leaving and they freak out. And I'm going to paraphrase a little bit for the sake of time. And they start to freak out and they're like, God, what am I supposed to do when once you leave? How am I going to know the way? He's like, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to me or comes to the Father except through me. And they're like, okay, that's great. And then he goes on and says the scripture that we just read. And he says, but hey, I'm going to send you another helper. And he's actually referring to the Holy Spirit. So as I was studying this phrase, another helper, I was like, what does this mean? And obviously it means the Holy Spirit, but it does. I could break it down for you. So in the Greek translation, another in the phrase, another helper, actually um, translates to the word parakletos. 
And this means a person summoned to one's aid and may refer to an advisor, a legal defender, a mediator, or an intercessor. The word helper in the Greek translation translates to the word allen. It's A-L-L-E-N. And it means another of the same kind, not of a different kind, which I thought was very powerful because when we apply it to our lives, it's the Holy, Jesus is literally telling us that he's going to send a part of himself to not only guide us through, but he also says at the end of the scripture, if you caught it, he says, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So not only does he send us, send us him, but he also sends us to sends him to live inside of us. So that means we have access to him at all times, right? So, <laughs> so I actually, who under the tent today can say that they've needed God's help in any situation in your life? So I know I can raise my hand multiple times for multiple occasions, but I do want to share a specific time in my life where I needed the Holy Spirit, and I really feel like he came through for me. And so when I was 15 years old, I was diagnosed with a rare type of bone cancer called osteosarcoma. And right away, I had to start treatment. Um, I had to do 18 rounds of chemotherapy. And I want to give you some context to better help you understand. I had to receive two different types of chemotherapies. And on, um, one of them was called doxorubicin cisplatin. Doesn't sound very appealing if you ask me. And the doctors and the nurses in the hospital actually referred to this chemotherapy as the red devil. And again, not very appealing if you ask me. And so of course, as you can imagine, I started this treatment and they called it the red devil because of how brutal it was on the patient's body. And when I tell you guys the thing was brutal, it was brutal. I was absolutely miserable. I was throwing up a lot. I, was, I just felt very sick to my stomach, and I didn't think I could continue on. I was like, I can't do this. So I take a few weeks off, and I recover from my first treatment. I start my second treatment. It was a different type of chemotherapy, not as harsh, but still pretty bad. Um, I take another few weeks off, and at this point, I'm mentally preparing for my third treatment. Now, this treatment, again, is the Red Devil. It would be my second infusion at this point. So I get admitted to the hospital, and I remember laying there. And my mom is playing a worship song in the background, and it's In Jesus' Name by Darlene Zetch. I don't know if anyone's heard that, but it's a very, very powerful song about healing. And she's playing it, and mind you, at this point in my life, I'm a very new believer. I really have no solid relationship with the Lord. I have no concept for it in my mind. I have no idea what he's capable of in my life. And, and so she's playing this song, and there's a very beautiful, spontaneous part of the song. And she says, she says, I hate cancer. I hate cancer. If you're listening to these words tonight, I, I pray that you're healed in Jesus' name. And I'm very encouraged by this, and I felt the urge to pray. So I close my eyes. I'm laying in my hospital room. Close my eyes. I put my right hand over my heart because, again, I have no concept for prayer either. I have no idea how to do it. So you would have thought I was about to say the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> so I'm standing there or sitting there, and I say, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you're real, but if you are, I need you to help me. I don't think I can do this alone. I can't continue if this is how it's going to be. I said, I don't even need you to take the cancer away. I said, I don't, I, I thought I could bargain with him. I said, I don't even need you to take the cancer away. I just don't want to throw up anymore. Don't want to throw up. That's all I'm asking. I said, if you do that for me, I'll believe that you're real and I'll give my life to you. 
So they come in shortly after that. My nurses hook me up to my IV, and I start treatment that night. And the last thing I remember was falling asleep. And I woke up the next morning in shock because my doctor told me I slept through the night. And my mom was emotional. My parents were emotional. They were so happy for me because that, me that meant my medication was kicking in. And I was like, okay, I can do this. So I reflected back immediately on the prayer from that night. I was like, okay, I got to give honor where honor's due. I was like, I think God's real because I prayed that prayer. And then that happened. And I also remembered that prayer that I told the Lord I was going to give my life to him if he did that for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I did that. I did that exact thing. I got baptized um, in the middle of treatment. And that's the picture you see behind me. <laughs> so... I share all of that to encourage someone today who might think that they have to do it alone. Um, we're going to go through trials and we're going to go through suffering in life, but it doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Um, I think there's, there's a beautiful thing about suffering and trials in our life. I think it's truly a way that the Lord reveals more of himself to us and how, how capable he is to operate in our lives when we acknowledge that. Um, so in conclusion... I've been in remission for seven years. <laughs> and actually, I finished treatment seven years ago yesterday. So I encourage you that if you're going through something really hard, to invite the Holy Spirit into your journey and into your process. You'd be really surprised at all that he's capable of. And I want to finish with this is... I might have received the red devil in the hospital room that night and many nights after that, but the blood of Jesus seemed to be way more effective and still very much his. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, Lighthouse. Listen, I prayed to be at the 931, and here I am. So God, God is going to speak today. God has something special, I guess, huh? Okay. So first of all, I want to thank God for his love, for his grace, for having me here today. And I want to thank Pastor Josh, Pastor Joanna, uh, for giving this, this opportunity. This, this is a huge opportunity for me. Um, for those of you that are taking notes, the title of my message is Winning the Battle in Your Mind. Okay? So please open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It reads as follows. God... For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The NIV says self-discipline. So for a little over 10 years, I've worked in the field of education. One of the duties that I enjoy the most is seeing students. Seeing students for counseling, okay? So... Today, we're going to start with an activity. <laughs> so I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine this. 
Imagine that you're a sailor. One day there's a big storm, and it finishes with a shipwreck. You managed to swim for one hour before you could finally arrive to a beach. It seems to be a desert island. You're alone. Your objective is to survive as long as you can. For that reason, if you had to choose two things to bring along, what would you take? Open your eyes. Tell the person next to you what would you would take. Don't think about it. What would be the two things you would take? All right. There's so many things you can choose from. You can choose a bow, a spear, a fishing net, a dog, a friend, a spouse, maybe not. <laughs> Kids. So what would be essential for you to take if you were stranded on this island? Can you imagine... Can you imagine how life would be in that island? Think about it. Reminds me a little bit of Paul. Paul's circumstance as he's writing this letter to Timothy. He's locked up. Yeah? He's in Rome, locked up. What would he be thinking knowing that he's locked up and he knows that death is around the corner? Death is around, literally around the corner because he says in chapter 4, he says, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Okay? Interpreters and scholars agree that this was the last epistle that, that Paul wrote. So... You have, Timothy, you have Paul here writing to Timothy out of love and encouragement, right? And in verse 5, he makes reference to Timothy's faith. What kind, of, what kind of faith did Timothy have? A sincere faith. A sincere faith. And on top of that, he makes reference to his mom and his grandmother. Why? Because these women taught him the Old Testament scriptures in his childhood. I don't know about you, but that's important. I'm not sure how many mothers or grandmothers we have under the tent today. But keep speaking life. Keep speaking knowledge and God's wisdom into your kids, into students, because it goes a long way. If you study a little bit on the Roman emperor that was there when Paul was incarcerated, he had a whole different childhood. So I also want to give a shout-out to the L Kids staff that week in, week out, they're over there with our kids. My wife is included there. So, whoa, two minutes. So how do we keep a sound mind? I'm going to give you two points on how to keep a sound mind. Okay? Research says that every human has around 6,200 thoughts per day. If you're an overthinker like me, it's probably doubled. Okay? But 6,200. Okay? What happens in a given day? You're at work. Somebody throws you under the bus. You're at school. Somebody gives you a nasty look. What are your thoughts on them? You come home. A family member gives you a rude comment. What are you thinking about them? 
Somebody on social media post something you don't agree eye to eye? Come on, Lighthouse. So how do we keep a sound mind? Number one, you got to renew your mind every day. Every day. I'm going to paraphrase, but the word of God says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It also says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. So these verses are true, which they are. Why do we continue to struggle with thoughts of fear, of doubt, of anxiety? Why do we have thoughts of sometimes even self-harm? Why? There's a lot of reasons. But the experiences that we have in our early and formal development years, plus learning and living independently from God is stored in our memory. So we got to come to Jesus. We got to come and ask the Holy Spirit, I need you to transform me. Paul says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Point number two. Are you guys ready? I believe many times we neglect the Holy Spirit. Can I be real? Many times we still hear it. But we set it aside and we start listening to culture, to popular opinion, to what's trendy. And sometimes the Holy Spirit says, I need you to love on that person. No ifs or no buts. And you're like, but they don't deserve it. The Holy Spirit says, I need you to forgive that person. And you're like, it's not my fault, though. We are made in his image. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. This is my conclusion. Let's lean a little bit closer and see how the Holy Spirit wants us to live our life, not just on Sundays, every day. Got to renew our mind and got to listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to paraphrase, but John says in chapter 14, you know him. Repeat with me, you know him. He lives with you. And he is in you. Holy Spirit is here to help you, to transform you. The Holy Spirit is here to transform your thoughts. Having a sound mind requires a thought process with the foundation on the wisdom that God gives. Let's be that difference in our workplace, at home, in the city of Vista. Some of you at times feel that you are in that stranded island, alone, stuck. And we got to, in order to keep a sound mind, we got to depend on the Holy Spirit. God bless you guys. Good afternoon, Lighthouse. <laughs> um, my name is Mike. If you guys don't know who I am, um, I serve on the worship team. 
I play bass sometimes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I've been a, a member of Lighthouse since the beginning, or at least North Campus, so I'm original. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to waste too much time here. I want to go into the, the verse, um, the verses pretty quick, you know. Um, but when I was trying to select the verse, you know, Pastor gave us a topic of the Holy Spirit. You know, you start reflecting on what has the Holy Spirit done for me. Um, you start looking at your life and what has the Holy Spirit brought me out of or through, you know. And, and um, you know, there's so many verses in the Bible talking about the Holy Spirit. But uh, the, what I chose was uh, John 14, 16 through 18. It says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as, a, as an orphan. I will come to you. And then you go into uh, chapter 16. It says, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth, that's you, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. These verses is actually Jesus speaking. Like, when you open the Bible, you know, you see, like, the red, the, the, the red letters, and that's important. Like, when I, read, when I see that, I, I pay attention to that. Oh, God, like, that's Jesus speaking, you know. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, so I, I start looking at, at, at my life, and one of the things that um, God has brought me through is, um, before Lighthouse, I actually was going to another uh, church in San Marcos. And uh, I was there for about nine years. And uh, throughout those nine years, just, be, just going to church, I, I started to fall away or get away from, from God, you know. Um, and I'm not saying that I was in drugs or anything like that, but it's just I, I ignored the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, you know, my, my, my wife, you know, she kept asking, like, hey, like, if we're not going to get involved here, if we're not going to serve, if we're not going to, you know, like, we got to find somewhere to go. And, and I knew what the Spirit was trying to tell me, but I just kept pushing it away, you know. And, and for me, you know, like, when, when Lighthouse started, I, I actually um, told my wife, well, you know what, maybe we should go there, you know. Like, so I started going to the growth track, you know, I started serving, you know. Um, I was on, on the portability team, uh, standing up and tearing down. Throughout that time, I... I I, I saw the need in the hosting team, right? So I was like, you know, I'm going to host. I didn't even play bass. I, I stopped playing bass for a very long, for like nine years. Um, and uh, and part, uh, one of the tasks of, of, um, of, of the host team was actually before service, you would go to each chair and you would put a little card that says welcome yeah. to Lighthouse and all that. And, and so that's what I would do. I would go to every single chair and, and put a card. Yeah. During that time, the worship team was rehearsing, singing, worshiping. And I caught myself after each chair, putting it down, listening, I started singing. I started worshiping myself. It was Sunday after Sunday, you know. And, and for me, I, I look at, you know, what the Spirit, like, brought me to, you know, was to that moment. The Spirit brought me to that moment where it broke me. I started worshiping. And, and, and at that very moment, you know, God, uh, or I, I felt, you know, chains being broken, you know. And, and, and for me... For me, that is what the Holy Spirit has, has done for me because the Holy Spirit is truth, you know. The, the Holy Spirit brought truth to my life again, you know. Like, and, and for me, like, that, that was huge, you know. Um, 
you know, uh, the, the Holy Spirit com- started to convict me. That, that's what the Spirit does to you. It convicts you. The Holy Spirit uh, was working in me and, and leading me to truth. The Holy Spirit brought truth to my life. Um, it showed me that I can be restored, that I am a conqueror, that, that, that I'm a child of, of the King. I can do all things through Christ. You know, the, 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 spirit, the spirit leads you because you are valuable, you are chosen, you are special, you are unique, you are a child of God. Um, the, the, the importance of truth is that truth will correct us. It will shape us. It will, it will build, build us. But most importantly, it will free us. You know, Paul says in Corinthians, now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, if, if you could just lean upon him and trust in him and allow him to guide you, you know, like he will bring you through any situation. You know, um, I, I felt so far from Christ and, and, and God actually answered my wife's prayers. It actually brought me to that very moment and, and, and brought me to that very moment where, where I was serving. I was just serving like that. that that's where God met me, you know, and, um, you know, the, um, you know. We ask God, you know, like, like the, the way, you know, I feel like, like um, I, I started to apply it was, was more like I started to, to ask God to, for guidance, um, you know, to, to show me, to, to lead me, you know. Um, you know, most of all, we, we need to submit to him. You know, that sometimes is the hardest part because sometimes the spirit will take you through things that you just don't want to. You know, like in the Bible, you know, Paul, Paul, Paul was, uh, the Holy Spirit told him that he's going to go to jail, you know, like. Like, imagine that, you know, like, hey, you know, you're going to go to jail, you know, and it's like, how do you say yes to that, you know, and, and that's just an example of what the Holy Spirit will do it, it's not always going to be pretty, it's, it'll challenge you, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, what, what did the spirit of truth tell us? It tells us that if you believe in the gospel, which is the good news, that he came, he died, he rose on the third day, and because of that, we, we have been set free. We've been redeemed, you know. Um, if I can leave you with something, you guys, is, is trust in him. Ask him to guide you, to lead you. You know, it is through the spirit that, that, that you will be set free. And um, God bless you. Hello? Okay. All right. At this time, if you need to leave, y'all can leave. No, just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. So, as you guys know, my name is Gigi Tapia, but most of you may know me as Gigi Soto. Before I begin, I wanted to give honor where honor is due and honor Pastor Josh and Pastor Joanna. Thank you so much for displaying God's love always, and thank you for your leadership. It's not easy leading um, a church and leading people. I would know because my husband and I are some of those people. And, <laughs> and we're a work of art. We're all a work of art, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Babe, you're awesome. Um, so <laughs> um, I want to begin by reading chapter uh, John chapter 14, verse 15 through 17 in the ESV translation. If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another what? Helper. 
to be with you forever. And even the spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him. Who knows him? For he dwells where? With you and in you. <laughs> so before I was saved, um, and actually my brother's here, so he's going to have a fun crack at this. Um, <laughs> before I was saved, um, I was in college, and I still had no idea what my purpose was. Um, I Thursday through Saturday, my life was the bar and clubbing. I would get home drunk. My mom would hate it. She would always call me. I would always pretend I didn't see it. Kids, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, and I would go along and get home. Um, and it went on for like a really long time, like a really long time up until I gave my life to God. But my husband at the time, who was my boyfriend, he would always try to invite me to church to Bible study, and I would always make excuses, like, oh, no, I can't, I'm, I'm going to Mass with my mom on Sunday, and I think Mass was, like, at 12, and he's like, oh, that's fine, my, the service starts at 9.30, like, I'll go after, so I'm like, okay, he rolls up, he's like, I thought you were going to church, and my mom is fine, and she's like, huh, she just woke up, and I'm like, mom, like, and it's not that I didn't want to go to church, I just, I didn't want God to see the yuck in me, you know? How many of you, before you came to God, you were so afraid to come to God because you don't want to see all that duck inside of you, right? Everything that you've been holding on to that you don't want anyone to see, right? That's how I felt. That's why I kept making excuses. So then finally, how many know Christians reinforce? <laughs> he then has his cousin reach out to me, and again, I make excuses, and finally, I get to my breaking point. And you see, alcohol to me was my counterfeit comfort. When I felt like I was not good enough, when uh, I promised I wasn't going to preach, which is cry and preach at the same time, sorry. <laughs> when... <laughs> When I didn't believe in myself, when I would always compare myself to others, because others would always compare, you know, oh, why can't you be like that, or et cetera, et cetera, you know, I would go to alcohol as my counterfeit comfort. You know, it wasn't going to tell me what to do or not to do, right? I was going to tell it what to do. So then, long story short, I go to Bible study. <laughs> we were reading scripture with some sentences and numbers, Bible verses. <laughs> I had no idea what it was at first. And it was like over my head. And then Thursday came around through Saturday, partying all over again. The next Wednesday, I show up again. This time, I have a Bible. And I'm doing my thing. I'm like, yeah. And then Thursday comes around again, bar, getting drunk. This time around, I get home and I open my Bible as I'm tipsy pretty much. The next day, the same thing. <laughs> I get home. Under the influence, I open up the Bible and I start worshiping. Y'all looking at me like you're judging. <laughs> but you see, God was already doing something in me. He was already doing something in me. My husband planted the seed. Um, his cousin watered the seed. And everyone else in my life nurtured it, right? So how does this transition over to uh, what we just read? So kind of like, you know, your Netflix shows, they give you a little recap of like the highlight of what happened before for the next show. 
So in chapter in chapter 13, uh, Jesus is pretty much telling his disciples, yo, one of you is going to deny me, one of you is going to betray me, and then I'm going to leave. Like, I'm leaving soon, you know? In addition to that, he also, he gets up because they're having a meal. He gets up, he puts a towel around his waist and starts to wash the disciples' feet. I mean, y'all, like, would you guys do that? Like, <laughs> like no, right? That's pretty disgusting. And <laughs> I, I would not do it. Um, but <laughs> um, there's a point to this, I promise. So, um, you know, he's telling it all these things, and then the disciples start getting all frightened. Like, what, what, well, what do you mean, like, you're going to leave us? What do you mean one of you is going to betray him? Like, who, I'm going to deny him three times? I would never, you know? So then <laughs> it keeps going, and then we go to John chapter 14, where is where Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus starts off with, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. The act that he did washing the disciples' feet is an act of love. Love one another like I have loved you. When someone rough, rubs you off wrong, kind of like what David was saying, you, you don't want to wash their feet. You don't want to love them, right? <laughs> you want to go the other way. And Jesus was like, this is a demonstration how the world would know that you are my disciples by the love that you show others, right? Despite the fact. So we go on, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. It's not that Jesus was going to pray, and, you know, it wasn't going to be like, oh, God, I'm not going to send the Holy Spirit. But it was because the gift of the Spirit, of, it was a fruit of Christ's meditation, and it purchased by his merit and by his intercession. Jesus not only had authority because he was king, he was a priest, so he would also intercess, too. He would pray. So... The disciples here are distinguished from the world. They're not from this world. They're from another world, which is the kingdom of God, right? So the best knowledge of the spirit of fruit is that they were with Jesus. They knew Jesus, right? They had communion with him. And the Father sent the Holy Spirit to have communion with all of you. How does this, what does this mean to all of us? See, Jesus was teaching the disciples two very important things, to always abide in him and to love others. Sound familiar? In the times we're living, it's really hard to love one another right now, right? Everything, social media, everything, it's pretty chaotic. And to be honest, it's going to be chaotic. But you have the spirit of God in you who is powerful. <laughs> Acts 1.8 says you should receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, you know, my question to you is, who are you following? Are you following the spirit of God or the spirit of this world, canceling culture, canceling the Bible, whatever it is, right? Who are you following? And listen, friends, I'm not sure what struggle you're going through, what storm you're facing, what mountain is in your way. The Holy Spirit is not only your helper, but he's your advocate. He's your encourager. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. So many people try running around trying to solve their issues on their own. And the only thing that's going to cause is for you to get worn down, burned down, and then just throw in the white flag, right? And some Christians, they try to be good Christians advocating for their adversaries in the process, right? While the Holy Spirit is in you, you just need to call upon him. And what is your next step if I, if I can give you some homework is, not homework, but um, give them a chance. What's holding you back? 
what's really holding you back. Invite him into your heart and see what he does. Thanks, guys. Come on, let's all stand to our feet right now. Let's put our hands together for these incredible speakers. Come on, let's give it up for, let's give it up for David, Alexa, Gigi, and Mike. Come on, real big, real big. Let's give it up for. Now listen, I want us to posture our hearts to receive. I believe every single one of them said something that needed to be heard in this tent. And if you open up your heart, God's going to start depositing something on the inside of you. So let's get into a posture of receiving. If you're able to, just lift your hands kind of like in this direction. We do this as a way of saying, God, I'm ready to receive. You've spoken. You've brought a word. And now I just receive that into my heart right now. We're going to enter into a time of worship, but they might have said something that triggered something in you. Just begin to pray over it. If, if you feel like, man, I feel like I've been trying to do it on my own. I, I feel like I've been trying to do this on my own strength and on my own effort. And I'm frustrated because things aren't opening for me. Let the Holy Spirit take over. Let the Holy Spirit take over. Stop trying to do it on your own strength. Stop trying to do it out of your own merit. If I, if I just behave good enough, maybe I can earn something out of God. And then we don't, we don't earn. You can only receive from him. So just receive right now. Just receive right now. Come on, let's worship right now. And I just want you praying. Let the Holy Spirit work on you. What is it that you need from him? Come on, open up those mouths. Talk to your father right now. If you don't know what to say just sing and worship together with us but what is it that you need god to do for some of you god i need you to heal my body god i need you to heal my mind god i need you to heal my marriage god i need you to heal my children god i need you to heal this area of my life god i'm tired of doing it my way I'm tired of doing it through my own efforts I'm tired of doing it of doing it through my own strength so i just release it to you right now father yeah 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 so just release it to him right now. Come on in, Father. We trust in you. We lean in you. We lean in you. Come on, eyes us. Come on, lift those voices up. Come on, let's worship him together. Let's cry out. See? If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.